Hello, what's up? Welcome to the Value Script, where we're bringing value for the everyday person with every episode. Today, we got a personal story I want to run through, a story of my own fear, and I'm going to try to keep it together because this goes deep for me, and uh, there's times in life when we, uh, there's times in life when I get scared. There's, there's times in life when something happens that seems insurmountable. And you have to decide, do I believe in my cause enough to push through this or am I going to go sit in the corner and hide from what I need to face? And sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not. And um, it's important to push through those plateaus personally to be able to get where we want to go. And I'll start out with a little story. Friday night, my wife and I were out and we're in downtown Phoenix at Copper Blues and uh, they were, there's this cover band that was playing. It was one of our favorite bands to see at that establishment. And as part of their skit, as part of their show, they, that's not a skit, part of their show, they do karaoke. So if you want to get up on stage with the band, and this is a talented band, they can seemingly play anything. The guitarist is phenomenal. Um, the lead singer is great. And um, the drummer's fantastic. The bass player's I. <laughs> no, the bass player is great. Everybody's great. But the lead singer is fantastic enough that when people would go up there and didn't sound good, she would oversing them and make them sound great. And if somebody could sing, she would kind of back off and let them sing and do their thing. They had this little iPad up there for, with, um, the, where the words would come up and step with the music and the rhythm and the beat. And so I thought, you know, I'm feeling a little, little bold tonight. I'll go up and sing a song. So I text them and say I wanted to sing one of my favorite songs, September by Daughtry. And, you know, 30 minutes probably goes by and I think, ah, oh, you know what, I probably dodged that bullet. I was, I was feeling a little less bold and maybe I shouldn't have uh, signed up. And all of a sudden they read my name from the stage and, and they even announce that I'm going to sing September by Daughtry. So I walk up there, you know, and everybody's cheering and I get up on stage and, uh, you know, it was a good crowd, a lot of support there. And all of a sudden they start playing a song called September, but it wasn't by Daughtry. It was by Earth, Wind and Fire. <laughs> You've ever heard the song? They're very different songs. Do you remember when it was And way out of my vocal range. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Do I jump off the stage right now, <laughs> run off and cower? And, uh, or do I just sit here and own it? And I thought, well, I just got to own this. And I threw everything I had into singing that song. I had to go full falsetto into the chorus, and uh, I don't know, how did I do, Meredith? You did great. You did great. I was panicked for you because, like, as soon as they started playing, I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this, is, this is not the song. And Get, I was like, um, what's he going to do? Was, one second. What? We got a B-52 bomber flying over. <laughs> it's actually an F-35. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you, uh, you thought he was doing good? He did do good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was. I was. Really though. Come on. No, I really. I was. mean, that song's way out of my league. It was way out of your range. It was, but you went for it. But see, that's the whole thing with karaoke. Like you just got to go for it, and and you can sing. It's not like you're tone deaf. So I have so. Average ability. Where do they have the words? <laughs> they have this little iPad like right next to your mic, so it's almost like oh, okay. it's almost like a heads up display while you're driving. You don't really have to look down much. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. genius. And then you can <laughs> kind of look at the crowd and look like you know what you're singing. Yeah, you know? and the lead singer awesome. is great too because she was very musical, and so she was able to like count the beats and like let you know when to come in and, oh, and that kind of okay. thing. So, boy, she and she's intense too, man. Like together. she is. 
like fully passionate about doing this. Like, yeah. You can tell. And she's awesome. She'll count you in. She'll tell you when to sing. She'll tell you when to stop. Yeah. She'll tell you when to get louder. And if you, you know. get off, she'll like, like sing the melody to get you back on track. Well, that, I think but, you were telling me that, that they would like lower somebody if they didn't sound seemingly, as... She may have just out saying, I'm like, if they didn't sound as good, seemingly <laughs> that person, you would hear less of their voice and gotcha. you'd hear more of hers. It was gotcha. fantastic. It worked out really well. Yeah. So I was confident hey, this will turn out okay. Anyways, but I had to go for it. It was one yeah. of those moments, right? Like everybody's looking at you. I'm on stage. I asked to be there. I had to perform. I guarantee there's, you know, 80% of the people though would have stepped down. <laughs> I don't know. I'm serious. <laughs> like that's, that's a big move to stay up and It is. Just sing impromptu a song. with a song that you yeah. aren't that you intending didn't to sing. Choose. Yeah. Well, way out of my vocal range too. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not even my genre, man. But I grabbed the mic, I took it off the stand, and I just owned it. Yeah, it was it was fun. Supposedly, there's some video floating around out there. I haven't seen that, I, and um, <laughs> purposely didn't watch that before this commentary because I didn't want to uh, disillusion myself any further. But well. um, uh, it was it was ended up being a great time. We'll see if and, the video arises before I edit this. <laughs> 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 no. uh, perhaps but yeah. so anyway the next day uh, i found myself in another situation which seemingly wouldn't be so bad um, we had a youth lake trip you know a, a youth group with church and they'd asked me if we could bring our boat and and of course i had to go drive it and that was shouldn't be a big deal and i we love going to the lake grew up on the water grew up going to the lake all the time water skiing wakeboarding um we for spring break of 2020 when covid was hitting we had plans to go to the beach in california they shut california down and shut our plans down too and so we were like what are we going to do to save spring break and i kind of wanted to buy a boat anyway so in four days <laughs> let's save spring break let's buy a boat <laughs> so in four days we bought a boat <laughs> and we just happened we just actually did happen to know a guy um, who was the, the rainy wake surf champion and we'd been on his boat and so um, he was selling it and so we knew it was available we bought it and that was our spring break that year we went to lake pleasant we borrowed my cousin's rv it and was cold. It was a horrible and rainy. <laughs> Our poor babies are like in their sweatshirts and yeah. like it was like rainy and, and by like, rain. It, it was Arizona, but it was still cold. The water temperature was fifty-five degrees the whole week. There was times we got caught out in rainstorms in the lake, but nonetheless, through that summer, my kids developed um, ability for wake surfing. And in fact, Connor Burns would come and and um, he would give us lessons on his old boat, and the kids got really good. And they get they were getting to the point where just about to master their 360s on their wake surf, starting to do some jumps. And then we were at the lake one day surfing, and we had an experience that really was a little harrowing. And my my son and I had always been a fan of the big big long 40 foot speed boats um, with various configurations of engines and things. And that day we we saw one of these boats come out of a cove, and the driver just dropped the hammer, shooting this beautiful rooster tail. It was amazing. It was, you know, a hundred foot long rooster tail probably. And the boat was got up on a plane. It was probably even close to 90 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, as we're watching this boat, my son and I are cheering it on and slapping each other's backs. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Can't wait to have one of those. And we watch it spin into a disastrous wreck and crashed right in front of us. After that happened, we were, we were the closest boat to the wreck. So we get our rider back on board 
we, we scream over to the crash site and there was another boat that was coming from the other direction that got to the driver first and they pulled him up on their step and the driver's knee looked like it had been shot by a shotgun and his face didn't look much better. What I remember more than anything was him wailing for his wife and just, he was like, my wife, my wife, he was just wailing and, and just agony for his wife. He wasn't talking about his face. He wasn't talking about his knee. He was talking about his wife. We're like, oh my gosh, what's her name? And um, he told us her name. So we're all starting to try to figure out where is she? Because she's not floating. We didn't see her. Um, and and we, we spent as much time as we could, as we, as we could stand uh, looking for her. Um, obviously, she was, she'd hit the water and sank. And we couldn't find her. Um, the, uh, the boat they were in was still drifting. One of the thrusters was stuck open after the wreck. And so when my, my buddy, um, just instinctively, there was gas and oil all over the water, um, with the boat still running. I just thought, man, this is going to light on fire at any minute. And he just takes a shirt off and jumps in the water. I was like, where's he going? And he climbs up on the boat and he's looking for the, he's making sure that she's not trapped in the boat. So it was one of the most heroic things I've ever seen. Um, you know, he, he had no regard for his own life and was looking for her. And uh, the boat was just trashed. The, the whole um, dash was ripped apart. All the seats were ripped out of the boat. The transom was cracked. It was taken on water. And somehow it was still in the, in the floating position. It had, it had spun a few times and then it spun to the point where it was actually upright. And that's where it kind of stayed and drifted. <sighs> it took about 15 minutes. And the uh, police showed up and the rescue teams and they kind of took over the scene. Well, as we were leaving, after that, um, we've, we've done all that we could do. We, we started driving away and we thought, well, because we had our kids with us too. And it was a really traumatic experience. Um, everybody was just kind of shell-shocked. We thought, well, let's go drive around and look at some pretty stuff in the lake. So we're going to go up the canyon and look at some, trying to distract the kids. So as we're driving away, all of a sudden the police come and pull us over. They're like, hey, since you guys were the ones that saw the accident, can you come give us a statement? And um, so we had to drive over to the, the north ramp. And as we were doing that, it just hit me. Like, it, it was at a time when Meredith and I were doing great. And I just thought, man, what if that had been us? Like, what if, what if just like in that moment, I didn't have the opportunity to um, save our marriage. I didn't have the opportunity to make things better. And it was really an emotionally difficult time. Well, I didn't realize how much that had affected me until... Um, I, I was getting ready to go on this youth trip and I was getting the boat ready. Of course, the batteries were dead. And I realized I haven't taken this boat out for over a year. And that was, that was something we loved to do. But I just somehow had not been able to get myself to do it anymore. And um, so Saturday was an opportunity to get back on the horse that we fell off of, so to speak, and to get back in the water. So how long had that been? It had been over a year. It was, it was March Oh no, it was May. It was May of twenty one. So really, from May to twenty one to October twenty two. Not that long ago. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, and I was and I was working with my son to get the boat ready. And I was like, "Hey, bud, we haven't had this out since that day." And he was like, "Yeah, um, that was freaking traumatic, Dad." And I didn't realize it affected him the same way too. But yeah. it was the first time he'd ever talked about it. So we, you know, again, it was one of those experiences where are you going to let are you going to let the fear or the bad experiences or whatever um, has given you a reason to shelve 
what you love or shelve your goals or to shelve um, your progress. And, and, some, and sometimes that shelving process is necessary for healing. But beyond that, what are you going to let stand in the way of, of you know, your goals? And and reason I, I put going to Lake is in part of my goals, it's part of my empire building, is because that's one of the family activities we love to do. And it's one of the, I think, one of the more wholesome family activities you can do together. It's one of the only times when you're together as a family, when you're like, your whole family's like cheering for each other. Mm-hmm. Like when you get up on the wakeboard and like you jump the wake and, you know, your, your kids are cheering you on or... You know, it's simple things, but it's a beautiful activity. And um, we had an experience that made us not want to do that anymore. And it was really great to get back out on the water Saturday and not have that be a barrier anymore. It was great to, to go. The bow worked. Yeah. Um, that was the one thing. We're, we're staging the bow. And everybody's like, oh, we love your paint job. And I was like, yeah, let's just see if this thing fires up. <laughs> let's, just, let's just make sure the boat starts before we, before we um, think this boat's neat. And then, and it did, backing on the ramp, started started right up and launched successfully. And it ended up being a great day. Addie, our daughter, got out there and got on the wake surf. Was, got up first try and tore it up. It was great. Was that an emotion you were anticipating? Was getting out there? Or was your thought process just on the to lake day with the youth kids? Both. So the driving force to kind of break out of that was I'm going to do service for our youth, you know, the kids in our youth group. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just there as a driver and um, a couple of those kids happened to be my own. And so it was, it was nice to be able to go to the lake with them and, and provide that and do that for them. So that was the motivation to go and kind of get out of that cycle. Yeah. But once yeah. I finally got there, it was liberating. You know, what's kind of interesting though, is that I feel like it wasn't an intentional thing that like, Oh, that was so traumatic. We're not going to go to the lake because right. I, I can't. I can't bear to go to the lake. It really wasn't even something that we recognized for until it had been all this time where we hadn't gone. And you're like, gosh, it's been it's been since that day that we haven't gone to the lake. And sometimes I think just in life with things that you, when you were talking about shelving certain things, you know, mm-hmm. that happens sometimes where we don't even recognize how we are limiting ourselves, limiting our potential until some time has gone by and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm slacking or I'm falling behind or I'm allowing this fear to override what I actually want to happen in my life. So I don't know, taking that moment to pause and reflect and Well, that's and what I was trying to ask, but I, I just worded it wrong because it was like, it's almost like you were able to face a situation that you didn't realize you needed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and until mm-hmm. I really started prepping for this trip, I started thinking about, man, how long has it been? Yeah. Why haven't we gone? Yeah. You know, like, why? Yeah, because we, we loved it. <laughs> uh, loved it. That's great. It was fun. We used to love to go out, and uh, Meredith and I would go and have watch the sun go down and eat dinner on the boat. That was just kind of like a cool little date night. Date yeah. night. Tons yeah. of my core, I mean, countless of my core memories as a kid are just at the lake with my family. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, there's just something about it. Like late night, uh, late night talks on the dock or something like that. Like, you know, me, uh, as I got older, you know, me and my dad or, and my brother, like, smoke, smoke a cigar out on the, <laughs> the dock and just have like those weird talks about like, you know, outer space or just whatever, you know, those just like, it's we like always, a campfire moment almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. we just chalk them up as late conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, to your point, like it wasn't necessarily consciously like, I can't go to the lake. I'm terrified. Yeah. But those feelings did start coming up as I was prepping. 
I started thinking, what am I, how am I going to feel when we get to that location? Because that was the, I mean, it happened in the spot where we always go. Did you get any anxiety from it? I did at first. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Once I got out there, that faded, right? But, but going, getting there, um, you know, and, and, and the initial launching of the boat, I was really kind of, had a lot of butterflies, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Addie even checked in. I'm just like, how are you doing? You know, really? Yeah. She's like, "How are you doing?" That's I was cute. like, "I'm okay." I was like, "How are you?" And she's like, "I'm okay." I was like, yeah. No. Um, she was there too that day. It happened. Um, yeah. She saw it all as well. So, anyways, it was it was a good experience. I guess the point of this though is that um, you know it comes back to um, discipline being more important than motivation, right? And and not to be hard on yourself when you go through something traumatic. It's okay, and it's okay to feel the emotions, and it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to work through it however you need to. But also not letting that traumatic event keep you from doing something you love because that just furthers the trauma. It just further deepens the the, um, the wound because you're not – part of healing is, is moving through it and getting back on your feet again mm-hmm. and putting it behind you. Yeah, yeah, so good. So don't let your fear stop you. And if you find yourself on stage – and the wrong music starts playing. <laughs> you know what? Just find a way to get to your feet. Start singing it, man. Go for Cause, it. Because, you know, once once started singing that song, it was terrifying. But once I hit the first chorus, I realized I can do this. And uh, it became fun at that point. Yeah. You really you really did great. <laughs> <laughs> that is yet to be seen. And we'll see if that video services. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your time. Don't forget to clickety-click, like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you next time on The Value Script.